Hey, it's Garen here. Inflation keeps rising. There won't be a better time than right now to replace the roof following the storm damage. Let the Shamrock team treat you to a free inspection and will replace the damage with the best roof at the best price. One call does it all at shamrockroofer.com. The show that takes you home. The Homestretch with Sterling Holmes on ESPN Kansas City, 1510 AM, 94.5 FM, and the ESPN Kansas City Facebook page. Welcome to the Homestretch, ESPN Kansas City, live in studio on this Friday. It's not a red Friday. It's a sad Friday, a blue Friday, if you will. Dylan Michaels behind the glass. Dylan, how are you? Uh, I'm feeling pretty blue. Yeah, a little, I can, a little down. I can tell you have a nice uh, bottle of sparkling champagne back there, some wine. I know you got it a lot already. It's a, it's a glass water bottle that looks extremely similar to a a wine bottle. And I, I was like, damn. Dylan is taking a week one loss to an NFC opponent extremely hard. Now, we have a lot to get into, a lot to unpack. I almost want to start with the overarching theme before we get into individual players, what cost the game. My overarching theme is, and you mentioned it the other day, we both have talked about the parallels between the Chiefs and the Patriots. We've talked about how the Patriots lost on their banner night when the Chiefs came into Foxborough in 2017. And we also talked about how the Patriots lost that game and went directly back to the Super Bowl. And that loss was way worse than the one we had last night. And also all their people were healthy, minus... No? No, everyone was healthy that night. Maybe Gronk, maybe. But no, I I think everyone was healthy. And the point here is, in the grand scheme of things, not a big deal. does not matter. It does, a little bit. A little bit, but it was also against an NFC opponent. And in the grand scheme of how much does this loss truthfully matter, it's about as far down the list as you could possibly go. A one-point loss without Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey, your second and third best player. But guess what? No excuses. It's always next man up. Did the Eagles make excuses when they're, at the time, starting quarterback who was playing at an MVP level went down? No. They put Nick Foles in, and they won the Super Bowl. Okay? Excuses shouldn't matter. You can't make them. It's the NFL. No one wants to hear them. What it comes down to is Andy Reid got outcoached, and the wide receivers for Kansas City's, uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs play with bricks taped in their hand. Now, have you seen the longest yard? Yes. You know when he eats the popcorn? Yes. And he goes, I shouldn't have the popcorn? Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore shouldn't have had that popcorn. Yeah, they shouldn't have dunked their gloves into water before every drive. I don't understand. I, I do understand. I take that back. I, I, what I think happened, truthfully, wasn't a lack of skill, wasn't a lack of talent. We've seen Kadarius Tony in the Super Bowl come up big. Don't know your thoughts here. I thought and I felt... The drops were a little bit of a result of the lights were too bright, which is weird to say for Kadarius Tony, who, who won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs. But in that instance, Kadarius Tony wasn't counted on. He was just a little added piece. Kadarius Tony in this game was, quote-unquote, the entire offseason talking about being wide receiver one. 
He's the, the new face of this wide receiver core. He's electric. All this talk about him. Lights were too bright. I think he was nervous. Especially after that first drop. That drop that ended in pick in a pick six. He never bounced back. The Chiefs tried to get him involved. He never bounced back. And it wasn't just the drops for Kadarius Toney. I'm not going to just pick on him, okay? He had a bad game. Dudes have bad games. Now, I can't remember off the top of my head a dude having this bad of a game that you can make multiple cases cost the Chiefs. I mean, he single-handedly on that drop that was a perfect throw right in his hands that turned into a pick six. You, How often can you say one play directly leads to seven points? Would have been a first down. Leads to seven the other way. How, how many times... That's only the third time in Mahomes' career that he's thrown a pick six. It was not his fault. But then Kadarius Tony, all could have been forgiven, right? All could have been forgiven if he comes down late in the game with the bomb that was thrown to him. Field goal range, you talk about a redemption story. If Kadarius Tony makes that final catch, the final one that he dropped, we're sitting here on Friday talking about What a redemption story. What a character arc from a guy in one game. Alligator armed it. Chuck Knobloch'd it. Rick Ankeel'd it. John Lester can't throw in the ball to first it. That was a guy who was not comfortable trying to catch the ball. It's like a golfer when he gets the hosels. You want anything to do, you'll try anything besides hitting an iron. Par three comes up, you try and talk yourself into why, you know what, I'll hit a hybrid. I don't feel like getting, pulling the iron out. Canarius Tony did not want the ball in that situation. The way he went to try and catch that thing was a man of, man. He went like a kid. You know, when you put your arm, you're trying to body it. Like, he didn't go out and try and bring that ball in. He had the yips. Lights were too bright. And it's funny because the guy we were all worried about had the biggest game at the wide receiver position. Rasheed Rice, yeah. on the other instance, he had a drop early on in the game. Going what for the Jamar Chase Award. What did he do? He had the best game of any Chiefs wide receiver? Yeah. I think him, I, I would say him and Justin Watson. Justin Watson, again, you saw why the Chiefs wanted to make sure he was on this team. While he's not the best wide receiver talent-wise, he's dependable. And you know what you're going to get from Justin Watson. To an extent, the same with MVS. MVS was also fairly solid. He was fine. MVS was uh, huge on that that touchdown drive. Uh, was that the second touchdown before half? That cu- that catch he made where he got drilled, so. got just lit. Right, it almost looked like it was intercepted. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, was, yeah. I thought zero chance he makes that catch. He made that catch. So MVS, Justin Watson, Rasheed Rice, you're clear. Everyone else, a brutal display. And I look, because you know me, I'm a, I'm a huge Richie James supporter. And I'm going to have to see the All-22 before I can make a huge judgment on him. But he played the third amount of snaps of any Chiefs wide receiver, not including special teams. Dylan, how often did you see Richie James open or even on the field? Once. When he caught a pass. That was about it. I could not believe that he played the third most amount of snaps. As a, and, my, and my point isn't to try and disparage him. Again, you know I'm a huge Richie James guy, but i got to be transparent. If you're on the field that much, and we only remember you one time, 
What does that tell you, Dylan? He's not getting separation. He's not getting open. I don't think not a lot of people were. That's scary. Now, I want to ask you something. Are you are you nervous that this is going to be like the 2021 Chiefs season after the Bucks Super Bowl loss where we are 3 and 4 or 4 and 3 or just kind of sputtering for the first half and then we kind of figure it out late hopefully I say who cares if that's the case. I I do too. Maybe. I'm just saying that people cuz I can't remember there was kind of just like a sense of well we have still have Tyreek and Travis and Mahomes sure. seems to just kind of be Tyreek centric. So as long as we can get him off Tyreek and maybe see his reads, we'll be fine. This is more like oh bleep, no one can get open. But it wasn't just a case of no one can get open. They also couldn't catch the ball because for all the lack of separation, because I I do want to talk about the offensive line, and I thought the offensive line did a great job. They got open at times. They just dropped the ball. And my thought process is, all right, you had a game where two wide receivers realistically will not have that bad a game the rest of their entire careers, let alone this season. I mean, if we're being completely transparent here, Dylan, do you ever expect Sky Moore or, or, or Kadarius Tony, or frankly, any wide receiver to ever have a game that bad? Kadarius Tony went down in one of the worst wide receiver games in the history of football. He played 16 snaps. Let that sink in. He had 16 snaps, and that was the result. I'm going to be that guy standing in front of like fire arrows and stuff for <laughs> Kadarius Tony. that picture. Um, sure. Just one point, maybe, just to get everyone off his back a little bit, and I'm kind of just searching for anything at this point, but do you think that anything with his knee, maybe him not trusting it, maybe him feeling funny, maybe him just not really feeling 100% as far as mentally goes on that leg, has anything to do with any of this? I don't think injury, but I... I I don't think mentally as much as it is. Because when he, he was he, running he, a couple he, times, it looked like. He didn't have the reps. He didn't go through yeah, a lot of training camp. That, that, I think it's more of the rust factor than anything else. Okay, I, that, I, that, I'll buy that too. If that's, if that's I'll the, buy that more than what I said. Yeah, that, that's the way I'm going is he's been injured. The rust factor hasn't had a great time. Um, he got open, clearly. In 16 snaps, he was getting separation. The issue was with his hands. Now, I will also point out, remember that great play Jack Campbell made for the, for the Lions? That diving. I mean, a great play by, by that rookie linebacker. Instinctive. If you look at the overhead view, the all 22 of that exact play, Kadari, I don't know if you saw this yet, Dylan. If you look at the overhead view, Kadarius Tony, the running zone coverage. Kadarius Tony is wide open. I mean, Tony is wide open if he just stops. What did he do, though? He kept shifting, drifting into Jack Campbell. So Mahomes had to throw the ball there because Kadarius Toney didn't just sit down. And what I will say is that is what Juju Smith-Schuster did so well last year. It's what Travis Kelsey does so well year in and year out. And typically this comes with age. It comes with the knowingness of you don't always have to be in perpetual motion. Sometimes when teams are running zone coverage, get to your spot and sit. You don't have to keep moving. Don't keep drifting. If you are open in zone coverage, sometimes, you know what? You found the soft spot. 
Don't go into the coverage. Sit down. I think that'll come with time. But again, we're talking about some young guys. We're talking about a young core of wide receivers. The Chiefs chose to draft Sky in the second, Rasheed Rice in the second, a former first rounder with Kadarius Tony in the first right. In the right. So the point is, these are some young cats. There are going to be growing pains. In regards to the offensive line, I like PFF to an extent. They said Donovan Smith gave up seven pressures. And I thought that was absurd. Because I thought Donovan Smith, quite frankly, played a very solid game. Now, I get it. I didn't play the game at an NFL level. Like, I, I'm not a left tackle. In the, I, I'm not well, a Hall of Fame left tackle. PFF but didn't either. That's, so. a, that's a very good point. The point is, Donovan Smith looked good. He had one penalty, which I kept saying... How many times did I warn folk? He's going to look good, but he's going to have penalties. I think PFF got that one wrong personally. I thought Donovan Smith had a very fine game. Um, A lot of the pressure came after, what, four seconds in the pocket? Mahomes scrambling because the wide receivers can't get open. I I thought Donovan Smith played a really good game. I thought Joe Tooney and Creed Humphrey were outstanding. I thought... Trey Smith was pretty bad, especially when Aiden Hutchinson lined over him, right? I think Trey Smith had he's had better games. And give Dan Campbell a little credit for lining up Aiden Hutchinson over Trey Smith. Because Aiden Hutchinson wasn't doing much against Jawan Taylor. Which leads me to this point. I want to hear your thoughts, Dylan, on Jawan Taylor and what he was doing. I would love to hear your thoughts... On the, I mean, I'll just point to Duke Manyweather's tweet when you can clearly see that there. I mean, it is, it's like one of the the blue black dress thing where like your eyes are gonna trick you almost into seeing whatever you want to see. Yeah, like if you want to see him leaving early, oh, that he's leaving early, and it's like if you want to see him leaving on time when the ball is moving. It's it, you can easily make that argument too, and that's you know, um, that's on you know, that's my side. That's mm-hmm. my truth. So, <laughs> that's my, are you, good. Good job, Dylan, for speaking your truth. Yes, that yeah. is my truth. Uh, you know, you call my truth what? It's it's silly. I think I think it's 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 an absurd thing to say. What? I'm not I'm not making fun of you right now. Oh, but my I, truth. I hate when people say I'm speaking my truth. Yeah, I'm here going just lying to. I'm like you're lying because <laughs> yeah. there, there's the tr- the truth or the facts. Isn't any, yes, this is not. My no, truth possessive. versus your truth yeah. means there's wiggle room. It means it's not the truth. It's what you want to believe. It's what you want to believe. I'm, I, that always gets my goat. But so it fits perfectly to, to what I was, what you're saying. It fits perfect in this scenario. So I I I almost said something because everything I would see of him, and especially in that Jags game, because I remember the Jags game. Thinking, sure. Uh, is anyone going to call this? But you know the guy that they pay millions of dollars and uh, played the game and owns PFF and Chris Collinsworth, he, you know, if Jason Anderson, J.A. 10 Anderson tweeted, um, it's kind of funny that all these Jaguars, you know, false starts didn't seem to get talked about when Chris was on the call last year in the divisional round. And now all of a sudden, because he's a chief, everyone's going to cry and complain. And of course it's front page news because we are America's team. And that's why everyone either hates us or, and the only people that love us are around here. Mm. 
So the only people that really don't care or believe that he's not leaving early reside in the same region, and everyone else is going to think the opposite, basically. And that, that's going to be the loudest majority, and, boy, it's going to stink to go through it all season because it's just going to happen every primetime game, every every game. You're going to have the other team's fans tweeting about it, and it is. It's kind of just a judgment call. Yes, I tweeted this out. I had a whole video on, on the post-game show I did last night where I said, how can it be a false start if the refs didn't call it? I know it's a case of if you don't get caught, it's not illegal. But in football, there's so much gray area, right? So much gray area. What Lane Johnson does, is that a false start? When T. Higgins and Jamar Chase get called push-off merchants, I always push back and say, was that called OPI? No, I talked to Jamar Chase, and what did he tell me? He goes, you know the refs. You know sometimes what you can and can't get away with. This game, Jawan Taylor thought, coming into it, he knew what he could and couldn't get away with. How can you hate a guy? How can you dislike a guy? How can you rip on a guy when he's not getting called for a penalty? Why wouldn't he keep doing that? Why wouldn't Jawan Taylor keep trying to push the issue? It makes no sense for him not to. Until the refs call it, which eventually they called one late in the game, which, by the way, that one was legitimately a false start. That one was no gray area. That one was obvious. I like what Jawan Taylor was doing, but what I will say, you can easily tell when it's a run or a pass. Because when it's a pass play, Jawan Taylor gets out of his break really quickly, right? You see that huge leg kick. When it's a run, what do you see? You don't see any of that. So, my question is, I would love to get Mitchell Schwartz on the show to ask him his thoughts. Because even if he does that, and even if there is that huge tell, right? Are defensive players able to pick up on that in real time quick enough to make that snap decision? Like, if you're a linebacker and you are trying to tell if it's play action or not. If you see the huge leg kick and that move back quickly from Juwan Taylor where he lines up. Are you able to, to diagnose it that quickly, or is your brain in that split think, second still not able to fully comprehend what's happening? Because I think even if there is that huge tell, part of me says, that's fine, because I don't know if as a defensive player you can still trust your instincts that quickly. I don't know. I think that's a actually really, really good point in that if he does kick out, you really – there's I don't know if you can – I guess, that yeah, you make a great point two times. Like, you do want to ask Mitchell Schwartz – because I do wonder if there's a way when you do that, is there any chance of a run play? Is there any chance of a play action block? Is there any yeah. chance of a run block? Like, because if that is, that's a massive tell that it's a pass. It's not play action. So yeah. if you see a play fake, and you you know in the back of your mind that oh I saw him jump before everyone, and he only does that on pass plays. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, that's a good point. Do you think we'll see him continuously doing this, or do you think he'll dial, dial it back next week against the Jacksonville Jaguars? His former team, by the way. Yeah, and guess what? You know, before the game. Hey, Mr. Official, my name's Doug Peterson. Nice to meet you. Yep. Uh, they have a lineman over there, and I just want you guys to make sure you're on it today. He likes to get out of his uh, set just a little early. Maybe. 
I, you know, I've just been watching film all week, so I just wanted to bring that to your guys' attention. Which is he should, by and the he way. should. That's what uh, that's uh, what Collinsworth was telling Dan Campbell. Yep. And it, as everyone, and I just hated on him too, but Collinsworth did say the point that you said is like it's kind of on the Detroit Lions coaching staff at this point to say something. Correct. And if they don't, and if nothing happens, that's because the officials aren't calling it because it is a judgment call. And, and then, yeah, in every single game, in every single sport. Every single player is trying to get an advantage. The best quote on what you just said that I've ever heard, you know, shocker, it was NFL Films, America's Game. The Raiders used to put up a sign in the locker room back in the day when they were the 80s, 70s, a good football team. They (laughs) put a sign up that said, Raider rule number one, cheating is encouraged. Raider rule number two, see rule number one. And it wasn't like, we want to cheat. Matt Mellon said, it's let's find the rules because the game has a specific set of rules with every different official. Mm-hmm. Find the line and just straddle that line as best as yes. possible. It happens to every sport. Yep. I, I always say in basketball, you always try and figure out what you can get away with physicality-wise defensively. Offensively, you try and push the measure. And, and, and quite frankly, you might dislike it. It might, it might uh, water down the game. Let's say James Harden with the travel calls, right, with the, with the ball handling. Do you think it's a travel? No. Well, like, no, no. You, you, you can say yes, but if the refs aren't calling it, why yeah, would he no, stop? Yeah. Why would he stop doing that? that? That's my point is if the refs are not going to call it, why would the player who was getting an advantage voluntarily stop doing that? Juwan Taylor was getting an advantage up against a great pass rusher in Aiden Hutchinson. Why the hell would he voluntarily stop if the refs are not going to call it? Uh, Kyle Collier made that um exact point last night and it's perfect yes it, it really is it's the james harden step back it's either and then then in that if you're a houston rockets or a sixers fan or whatever team he's playing on that that's where your opinion lies basically is if you're a fan of that team you don't care you don't think it's false start or travel or anything and that's just discourse that's just fan you know, arguments basically, and it's going to go game to game. When it comes down to Andy Reid versus Dan Campbell, Dan Campbell outcoached Andy Reid, but Dan Campbell was 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 far from being perfect. So, as much as we like to say, you know, the Chiefs lost by one point. If all these things go their way, they're fine. I feel like I, I would be remiss if I if I didn't say the Lions also left a lot of opportunities on the field as well, right? I think we always look at it through rose-colored glasses. We always talk about the drops, the short-yarded situations. What about the Lions not going for it and punting on the Chiefs' 40-yard line, right? That fourth and two, they punted. How about the, uh, the Lions fumbling when they were deep in the Chiefs' Uh, Chiefs' side of the field. The Lions had some mistakes, too. Don't get it twisted. The Lions could have played better. But what I will say, Dan Campbell with the stones on their own 20-yard line. Fake punt. Pick it up. That drive ends in a touchdown. One of the two touchdown drives the Lions had in that game. Now, Andy Reid, third and 17, no problem. 
Third and two, third and one. Don't even get me started. Fourth down. They had a second and one. Three cracks didn't pick it up. And my frustration lies in why do they turn from the best team in the NFL to a bunch of middle schoolers on these short yardage scenarios? I can't blame Matt Nagy. You shouldn't have blamed Eric Bieniemy last year for it. Because we've seen the exact same things, and who's the constant? Who was the actual play caller? It's Andy Reid. Why the bleep do you continuously try and run Blake Bell under center? Which, by the way, Blake Bell actually got him to jump. Because Blake Bell's not a legitimate quarterback, what did he do? He didn't hike the damn ball. He waits. Waits for the Lions to get back and get set. Then, then hikes it and gets stuffed. And they try these cute little end arounds. It's absurd. Either run the ball with Pacheco, like a normal team, run a QB sneak, like a normal team. I know people are going to yell at me for the Mahomes knee situation. Stop it. Come on. Or third option, Dylan, why don't you just treat it like it's third and five? Why don't you run the normal plays you run? Instead of acting like you've never been in this situation before, why don't you just run a play like it's third and five? Like it's third and six. Third and three. Why does it have to become this convoluted, let's get super cute? Why not just run what you've been running? Well, because then no one will say, wow, what a genius Andy Reid is when it's an out route. And that's like the double-edged, it's not even a double-edged sword. It's just the good and the bad you get with every coach, like Bill Belichick. Uh, he's going to piss off Tom Brady to the point where he leaves early. Mm-hmm. And you don't get your seventh Super Bowl, he gets it in another town. Andy might make some boneheaded game management decisions and also short yardage situations. But also, you're going to put up 40 points a game sometime, like some seasons. Like You're going to have a explosive offense every year, a fun team, a competitive team usually, and he's one of the greatest football coaches of all time. But they all have their flaws. When you look over and you see Jared Goff easily picking up a first down on a QB sneak, when you see him easily picking up a first down with David Montgomery rushing the ball for for three yards up the gut, you're sitting here going, it should be that easy. Stop overthinking it. Before we take a break, I want to talk about the defense really quickly because they they deserve a huge shout-out. The Chiefs' defense deserves a massive kudos. Trent McDuffie was phenomenal in this game. I think Trent McDuffie was my player of the game. Eight tackles. He was everywhere. Um, You saw him come out of college and said he's a little bit undersized. The short arms, obviously, a little bit undersized. Dude was wrapping up six solo tackles, eight total tackles, a lot at the line of scrimmage, a lot getting them short of the sticks. Trent McDuffie, to me, was outstanding in this game. But the defense as as a whole, they stood up when Chris Jones was sitting down in the suite. I don't want to talk too much about Chris Jones because I'm over it. I'm sick of it. I, I, I know you guys are too. But this Chiefs defense rallied around the absence of Chris Jones and said, you know what? I'm tired of everyone saying we're going to roll over. The Chiefs defense have been talking all along. They've been hearing the chatter saying, you know what? And Dylan, I'm part of the problem too. I said they're a bottom 10 defense without Chris Jones. What did they do? Put on a amazing performance. Steve Spagnuolo called himself a great game, man. Steve Spagnuolo did all he could with the tools given to him. 
sending blitzes from everywhere. From everywhere. Hell, you and I thought, at least I thought personally, they're going to play Drew Tranquil a ton in this game. I said, Drew Tranquil, watch out for him. He's a decoy. He's a chess piece. Drew Tranquil played on only 13 snaps defensively, the fewest of any of the linebackers. Because you know why? In my opinion, I think the Lions would have actually known what the Chiefs were doing having Drew Tranquil in the field. So what did they do? They sent Willie Gay Jr. They sent Leo Chanel. And oh, by the way, something we hardly ever see, sent Nick Bolton on a blitz, and Nick Bolton blew up. I don't, was, it, was it Montgomery or Gibbs? Was it Montgomery? Who's a thick dude? Nick Bolton just pushed him back like it was nothing. Like it was a third grader. Didn't matter. I was very impressed with what Steve Spagnuolo did with the the players that were on the field suited up with the defensive line that was handed to him. Karloftis, Mike Dana played outstanding. Mike Dana with a pass knockdown, huge sack. Uh, Dana perpetually underrated, right? I think I think year in and year out. Ever since Dana got drafted, this is what his fourth year now. This is the the final year of his rookie contract, if I'm not mistaken. Mike Dana has been a constant, underrated, unsung player. Dude was great. Uh, Matt Dickerson played a ton. I don't know your thoughts on Matt Dickerson, but Matt Dickerson played a lot of snaps in this game. If I'm not mistaken, he played the most of any interior defensive lineman. He played more snaps than Derek Noddy, more than Turk Wharton, um, more than Keandre Coburn. It was Dickerson. That's what I have it on my on my uh, my snap count sheet. All in all, Chiefs fall. Chiefs will bounce back. First game of the season against an NFC opponent. No Chris Jones. No Travis Kelsey. No excuses. You got to move on. No fire. You know, it kind of felt like everyone was just uh, thought the Lions would come in and lay over. As much as you would be shocked, like, it's not like the Joey Harrington Lions, so nobody thought that they were going to be terrible. Everyone actually thought that they are not a team to sleep on. Yes. But it just looked like it was lackadaisical. It was kind of just, oh, you know, we're Super Bowl champions. And in reality, like, the only guy out there that didn't look like that was 15. Everyone else kind of seemed to... I wouldn't go that far. I think I'm the, saying on the offensive side. I'm talking the, about the receiving core. Receiving core, the, I, I think. Um, you know, I'd say the running backs, secondary. I think the secondary, there was a lot of wide open receivers. I know that Goff also had a lot of time to throw, which, you know... I, I can't find much fault with that defense. You get 14 points against what was a top five offense last year. I they get also it. weren't no no Jamison Williams. Hey, I get it, but but 14 points against what was an explosive offense last year. Sure, I can't find fault. That is not on the defense at all. No, I don't think it's. I'm not blaming the defense. I'm just saying that I think that everyone could have played a little better. I think that sure. everyone kind of played. Like it was a banner night, and like everyone was just gonna roll over, and like maybe it was a little bit like I don't know. It just felt like we expected them to lose. You want to? You want? You want a positive though? Mm. Bucker's back. <laughs> yeah. Right. 
That's true. And also, he didn't get you know hurt on a bad field. Yeah. And no one did. He yeah, not think anyone. That's, I don't that's, think anyone uh, did. That was a positive. I, I will say, can I give some credit to the refs in this game? Yeah, they weren't very involved. They weren't involved. The no. first half, there was, what, one penalty? I think there was two and one was not accepted, and they should have accepted because the We might, we the might be the only people saying that because everyone else thinks Jawan Taylor false started like 50 times, which I'm not saying they're right. I'm just saying that. Yeah, but. They, they want them to stay out of the game, except if it benefits their agenda. Sure. Like, it's funny the way people treat refs. Yeah, I, I was impressed with what they did. They, they, they frankly, and you, a, late John hit, Hussey, a, right? a late whatever it was, a late hit on Mahomes, it may have been. But a late hit on Mahomes, I, I, fine, that could have been called. But my point is, they stayed out of this game. They let the players decide this game. I like that. John Harrison on Facebook Live says Lions had a top five offense last year. They weren't going to be a pushover. D played fine. They gave up 14 in every game. They might go 16-1. and one. Dude, I'm with you, John. Yeah, it was John Hussey. John Hussey's a great ref. Yeah. But I, I keep saying, the Chiefs defense, if they do that every single game the rest of the year, you're right, John. They might go 16-1. and one. Chiefs defense gives up 14 points. They're going to win a lot of football games. It's a bad game from the offense. Horrible game for Mandy Reid and a horrendous game for the majority of the Chiefs wide receivers. And the defense probably had a lot of, you know, motivation because a lot of people did think that we were just going to give up 40 points because Chris Jones wasn't on the field all week. So, you know, I, I'm not going to blame the defense. I just think that everyone all around at least had like a handful of times where it did seem like, a little bit of cruise control, a little sure. bit of, you know, last year was awesome type of vibes. Sure, but you're going to get that. I, and you saw it with the Patriots. For I'm how many night. years did they lose yes. early in the year and people no said, one cares. Tom Brady's done, they're over, Bill Belichick, is he over his head now? Is he, the is record he, uh, we have for the Decibels was on basically the inception of all of the talk like that, basically. Correct. Tom Brady's done, the Patriots are dead, they just got destroyed by... Uh, Alex Smith and the Chiefs on Monday Night Football. And that was like, that wasn't the first game of the year. That was like the fourth game of the season. Yep. And it was like a 30-point beatdown. Again, a little rem- reminiscent of the Detroit Lions building the team the right way. They just have a fine quarterback, Alex Smith, Jared Goff. If you want to make those comparisons, I think you can uh, have and some guess, fun with it. Guess who's their player personnel guy, <laughs> buddy boy? Old, uh, I Mr. said John going Dorsey. into this game, how many parallels do you see from this Detroit Lions team to that Kansas City Chiefs team early on? How many parallels? We saw it, and it took place last night in Arrowhead. Let's take a quick break, come back, more Chiefs talk, some NFL talk, home stretch here, ESPN, Kansas City. about gambling you know you're gonna lose and gambling's for fools but that's the way i like it baby i don't want to live forever the great let me kill meister i like this also john had another good post on facebook live along the lines of how about throwing the ball to the experienced pass catchers i'm with you but what i will say is richie james did play the third most amount of snaps for a wide receiver 
MVS was second. It comes down to those guys weren't getting open. Jarek McKinnon was a little bit of a surprise, too. You know, I thought we might see a little bit more Jarek, but end of the day, guys have to step up. We did see more Tony. We did see more Sky than I would have liked with those guys not getting open and not having good games. But at the same time, what what are you going to do? Those guys were at least getting open. Well, at least at least Kadarius Tony was. Right. And my question to you as well, did you think that everyone seemed to be in the same spot? Like two receivers were in the same spot a lot? Yeah, and so I saw a, a good tweet. It goes, the Chiefs didn't have just drop issues. They also had Baltimore Ravens, Greg I Roman. That. Was that Matt Lane or maybe okay, Matt let Lane? Let me look it up. But it was um, it's, a, it's a good point, though. I mean, Richie James and Kadarius Tony. On one of Tony's drops, they they ran a mesh route, and they ran almost into each other. There was a multiple... Um, was it Justin Watson who was deep? Someone was also running a streak underneath him, a fly route, and they were in the exact same spot. You're just sitting here going, no chance that was the play call. No chance you two guys are going to be the exact same spot at the exact same time. Again, I don't think it's time to panic. I don't think it's it, this is some big um, underlying phenomenon that, that the Chiefs are, are going to miss the playoffs now. But the Chiefs do have a young class of wide receivers. And patience is going to have to be a virtue. They're going to be frustrating times. But no one thought that with these young Chiefs wide receivers, they also would not have Travis Kelsey. That was the death blow. If Kelsey was there... How does this game look different? Again, I don't want to make excuses, but what I'm saying is, in re- in defense of the young Chiefs wide receivers, they had to take on a larger role, and they didn't know that role was going to be taken until two days before. We always talk about Andy Reid with a bye. Andy Reid with an extended time off. But Andy Reid was thrown this wrench two days before this game. We know how big of a game plan Travis Kelsey is week in and week out. Two days before, the young Chiefs wide receivers had to all of a sudden take on a much larger plan, a much larger piece than we all expected. Dylan, what did you think of Noah Gray? What did you think of Noah Gray in his, let me pull up his snap count, because it was a little bit of a, um, little of a tied in by uh, committee here. Uh, Noah Gray played 88% of snaps. Matt Bushman played 11% of snaps. Blake Bell played 40% of snaps. They did run a decent amount of 12 and 13 personnel. It was actually interesting. The 12 and 13 personnel was what got him going. That that, that 13 personnel, they had all three of the tight ends on the field at the same time. It was Justin Watson lined up wide. That was the, the play that Justin Watson got and drew that, was it 42-yard defensive pass interference call? That was at a 13 personnel. So, I want to get your thoughts, though, Dylan. What were your thoughts on the Chiefs' tight end room, specifically Noah Gray in this game? I think it's kind of the same thing you said with the wide receivers, where they were all asked to graduate after a year, maybe, of school, essentially. Like a 
bachelor's degree in one week almost. Like, you have to replace arguably the greatest tight end to ever play the position on two days' notice, basically. So not only are you going to have to tweak the game plan for them, they also have the added pressure on Banner Knight of performing and getting a win and replacing the production of said tight end that's a Hall of Famer. Yep. So there was some good things, but also, like, not enough. So I, I, I like Noah Gray in this game. I thought Noah Gray played pretty darn well. Um, he actually picked up a really nice block around the end zone. Uh, that sprung. Who was it that that was it for that? Was that Blake Bell when he scored the touchdown? I can't remember if that was the Blake Bell touchdown or the Rasheed Rice touchdown. Um, but Noah Gray had a really nice block on that play. Picked it up nicely. I thought that was very impressive of him. Um, yeah, Collinsworth said he's a better blocker than Kelsey. I, I don't know about he that thought one. He was. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I wouldn't go that far. But Noah Gray has improved since his rookie year, which has been nice to see. But I thought that that one long, that 24-yard catch and, and rumble, stumble, bumble was a little reminiscent of Travis Kelsey. That was his best impersonation. I like Noah Gray in this game. I thought he did all he could. Uh, end of the day, though, it just was not enough. It comes down to a lot of the play calls from Andy Reid. Chiefs still had a chance to win this game. With all of the miscues, Chiefs still had a chance to win this game. But when you constantly have no idea what you're doing on third and one in these short yard situations you can't win you're making it much too hard on yourself everything the Chiefs are doing right now in these short yard situations uh, I would say do the complete opposite act like it's act like it's second down act like it's first and ten just do anything besides what you're currently doing did you think we would have saw more Justin Ross in this game with the fact that no one was really stepping up at wide receiver. Did you think that we might see Justin Ross play more in six snaps? I kind of did. I also did see that they had a play drawn up for him. Yeah. And maybe not drawn up for him, but they had the fade route. Yeah. Book and they, they called it on the goal line. But I think that was, I actually think that was maybe Rice's touchdown. I can't remember. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's really hard to you know glean anything from this or take away anything from it without without the disclaimer of it's one week. It's one game. It's the first game of the season and there's just so much that happened that put all the emphasis and all the pressure on a group that everyone kind of forgot was very concerning for everyone, but we got enamored with you know, the Justin Ross touchdowns against yeah. backups and then the highlight plays from practice. And then it became, what, what was the next thing? It was. It went from offensive line being a concern to the wide receiver room being a concern to... Deep a line. Are we going to keep Shane Bichelle? Yep. You know, just all the things that kind of just pushed the wide receiver issue away. And it reared its ugly head last night when you didn't have Travis Kelsey. And also, like... You think ISM wants to come back? Amir Smith-Marset think... Uh... Would he have... What do you think? <laughs> do you think that that would have made a difference, no. truly? No. No, I, I agree. So. No, I, end of the day, they even had some decent play calls outside of the short yard situations. That fourth and 25, Sky Moore should have caught the ball. Kadarius Tony, if he catches the ball, it's a first down, not, not a pick six. Kadarius Tony could have put them in, in field goal range. End of the day, they had some, some looks. They didn't convert. It happens. Um, we found out who the third cornerback is, though. 
Joshua Williams. Guess how many snaps Jalen Watson played on defense? Not special teams, but defense. You want to take a guess? Ten? Zero. Jalen Watson played zero snaps on defense. Jalen Watson played zero snaps on defense. Cornerbacks, Legereus Sneed, Trip McDuffie, both at 100%. So if you were questioning how much Legereus Sneed was going to play like I was, they were truthful. He was a full participant. He was good to go. Both played 100% of snaps. Both starting safeties, Cook and, and uh, Reed played 100% of snaps as far as defensive uh, secondary goes. Then Joshua Williams played the third most in the secondary with 56% of snaps. Jamari Connor with 14%. Mike Edwards with 23%, and that was it. Only three cornerbacks played in this game on defense. That's surprising to you? That was surprising to me. Yeah, very. Again, can't complain. The results of the defense were good. Anytime you get 14 points against the Lions team that was good offensively, I'm going to be happy. I'm not going to blame them. I get what you're saying as far as you can nitpick here and there. Yeah, they can probably do a couple things better. I'm with you. They were not the issue. They were far, far from being the culprit of this loss. Take a quick break. Come back. Home stretch here. ESPN Kansas City. ESPN, Kansas City. Dylan and I will be doing our pickums. We will be doing our NFL pickums the entire year. We're doing it on Sports Radio 810 WHB. If you guys want to join along, you can play with us. You can see who's right, who's wrong. Um, this is going to be fun. This is going to be a good time, and I'm creating my account right now so that we can actually keep track of this. So we're going to do this. We're going to go through our list, and we're going to do our pickums. All right. Panthers, Falcons, who do you have here? Dirty Birds at the Falcons. I have the Dirty Birds, too. I'm not happy about it, but I got it. All right, Cardinals, Commanders. Uh, not the team with Michael Scott as a head coach. I went with the Commanders. I went with the Commanders as well. Uh, they're actually my uh, – do you do the Survivor League? I do a Survivor League right now. I'm, doing, I'm playing a game, and the Commanders are my pick this week. You know why? When am I ever – when am I going to use the Commanders again this year? See? Smart thinking. That's a great point. That's the point. I, watch as the Cardinals kick their ass, and I'm just, just left heartbroken losing week one. All right, Bengals, Browns. Now we're getting into at least a little more competitive game. Browns at home. Who do you have here? The Bengals. I don't like that we're three for three right now. I'm not a fan of this. We need some more disagreement here, and I don't think it's coming on the Houston Texans-Ravens no. game. And it will not be. Ravens. I have the Ravens as well. All right, Jags-Colts. Can the Colts show a little magic? They Wait. cannot. Not yet. I think that'll come later in the season when Anthony Richardson's a little more seasoned, so I'm going to go Jags. Okay. 
I'm with you, although I begrudgingly agree. Niners Steelers, I think we might have our first disagreement. I know where you where you stand on the steel curtain. I do, but not in this one. I like Oh, old, uh, dude, you're you're a, you're, you're a buzzkill right now. You're bigger buzzkill than Buzz Killington. <laughs> Great poll. I, I was Great counting poll. on you so hard to pick the Steelers there. I really wanted to, but just something about Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, uh, Javon Hargrave, you know, mini Troy Palomalu and Afulunga. I'm sure I'm butchering that. They got a bunch of dudes. We're so not going to have many disagreements, are we? It's be very hard for Kenny Pickett in that Steelers offense with Matt Canada as the OC. Correct. that defense. I, I will say the Steelers, I think, are going to be much improved, but I, they're Give a team where I don't really understand the hype, though. So you have them in the playoffs. I don't have yeah. the Steelers. In the, I don't understand the playoff hype for the Steelers, but good for you guys. Good for you guys. I don't like that we've agreed, though, so much so far. All right, Vikings, Buccaneers. Bucks are brutal, but do they have one game in them? Nope. Vikes. Yeah, yeah, Vikes too. All right, Titans, Saints. We saw what Derek Carr did in that Saints, preseason baby. game. Saints. I have the Saints, but can I bring something up really quickly? I guess I'm going to because it's, it's my show and I have the, I have a microphone. Uh, the Titans are going to be better than people think they are. I'm I, fully I can, I can believing the Titans are going to be better than this absolute train wreck that for some reason everyone thinks they're going to be. They've not been a train wreck under Vrabel. Packers, Bears. The Packers. I got the Bears at home. First disagreement we have. Which is crazy. Everyone just thinks Justin Fields is, like, going to take that Trevor Lawrence leap. He is not. I don't think he is either, but I think that they're going to win at home. Uh, Rams, Seahawks. What do you have here? Seahawks. Seahawks and the Rams are perpetually banged up. Cooper Cup's supposed to miss this game. Raiders, Broncos. Broncos. I have Broncos, too. We've only disagreed on one. Don't like it. Dolphins, <laughs> Chargers. Chargers. I got Dolphins. Okay, I got Dolphins. Armstead out. I don't don't matter. All right, give me the Dolphins, uh, Eagles, Patriots, E A G L E S. Picking the cheesesteaks, uh, Cowboys, Giants, Giants. Gosh, I know. I know. I'll go Cowboys. I want the Giants to win, but because I can't agree with you this many times, because I'm letting you go first, I will go with the Cowboys. Just just know that, okay? I know. Just know that this I is... I got you. All right, You Bills. said Giants first. I'll remember. No, 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 no. The record will see, show. See, look. I, it's going to help me either way. Uh, Bills, Jets. Bills. They've heard too much talk this offseason about the Aaron Rodgers Jets. Yeah, I'm Get with you, man. A little spoiler. Even right. though I like the Jets to finish high in the division. All right. We got them set. If you want to play along, go to SportsRadio810WHB.com and use the 810 Football Pick'em. Join us. It'll be fun. We'll be back on Monday. Until then, we are out.